Welcome to Twisted Reality. For the next half hour, we are going to dive into spirits, creatures, and myths. This will include some of our real-life experiences, as well as experiences from others. We will attempt to shed light on the stories and myths that twist reality. Today's topic is clairsentience. Definition by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, It's the perception of what is not normally perceptible. What is clairsentience? The terms come from the late 17th century French words, clair meaning clear and sentience meaning feeling. Clairsentience is the ability to sense other people's emotions. It's the ability to sense the past, present, future, physical and emotional states of others with the standard five sentence. senses, smell, vision, touch, hearing, and taste. This topic hits home with us as we have experienced it multiple times on multiple levels. This experience will address a few such occasions. First of all, I'm going to ask Misty how you experience clairsentience. For me, I'm still learning, but the way I see things, it's like watching a black and white movie. I know where I'm at but things disappear around me and it just goes to a black and white movie where I can see things happening and going on. Sometimes I can smell things, uh, taste things. I have not got to the point where I get to touch things yet. Um, I'm still working, like I said, on my abilities for so long. Uh, I just pushed it to the wayside and thought nothing of it and it's just now starting to come out that this really is something that is real. So that's how I experienced it. I think one of the first experiences that I had received with you that really kind of opened things up was we were driving down the, the highway in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a little experiment. And I pulled over on the side of the road. It was around 3 o'clock in the morning. And I stuck you in the desert. <laughs> and I knew that it was Pat Garrett's death site. You did not. No. I just left you out there. And it kind of spooked me in a way because you said so much stuff that is not readily available on Wikipedia. I actually had to go in and research more stuff. And the more I researched, the more I realized you really kind of had a clear sight of what happened that, that night or that day that he was killed. And I don't know if you remember it. I mean, I'm sure you do. You just remember it differently than I do. I, I do remember I thought you were crazy pulling me out of the truck in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> But I walked you out to where this happened at, and uh, I said, uh, do you notice anything? And you're like, no, we're in the middle of the desert. It's the middle of the night, and then it was like somebody flipped a switch. And I don't know. I'll, I'll kind of tell you what I was going through. You, I don't want to say you're in a trance because your eyes are wide open. You're looking around, but you're seeing things differently than I see them. And I remember you kept repeating it was, I kind of laughed about this. You said peeing, peeing, peeing. 
I got to pee. And I thought, oh, great. We got to go find you a bathroom. <laughs> and I didn't realize what was going on at the time. But then you stopped and you stiffened up. And you said, I smell dirt. I smell dirt. There's dirt in my nose. I smell dirt. And then you kind of went on and you was talking about a horse buggy. And somebody was and somebody was on a horse. And you're just, you're, you're just, at this point, you're telling me everything that you was seeing. So I don't know how much of that you remember, but you look online and Pat Garrett was supposed to have been shot in an argument over some land with a guy. The guy was acquitted. It was self-defense. He was never charged, but that was not, it didn't add up in the investigation. And that's one of the things today. It's still kind of an open thing. There's a lot of conspiracy theories, and it was thought that somebody had shot him in the back while he was on the side of the road taking a leak, and that he'd fell face first into the dirt. And I'll never forget that, because you was just really, really, really adamant about taking a pee. I thought you had to pee, but that wasn't <laughs> the case. And then you was talking about smelling dirt, tasting dirt, and that just really, went, that, that kind of opened it up to me. I mean, I've always believed you, but there's just new things you do that just really gets me going. But for me, I don't go looking for it. Um, sometimes if you ask me, hey, what are you seeing? Then it's like, oh, let me look deeper. And by me saying that, I mean that I have to open myself up more. So many years I tried to shut down those senses when the black and white would reach out to me is the way I call it the black and white movie like something just grabs me pulls me into this movie and wants me to pay attention and I would shut that down because when you're a kid and as you get older it's kind of considered not the normal so with you, I felt more comfortable doing this just to see and test my walking. And it's like as soon as I hit a certain point, I think I have to be in the exact moment or that maybe it was Pat Garrett saying, hey, come here and grab me and pulled me over in that. I don't know. It's I'm still learning. But somehow I got to that point where it's, man, I, I, I really have to pee. And I knew it wasn't me, but I just felt this urge that I had to pee. Well, then you start walking, and I'm thinking you're going to go pop a squat behind the bush. <laughs> and you just start walking, and you just stopped and stiffened up right there in the middle of the desert. You're not noticing anything. There was cars on the highway just off in the distance that were pulled over because they see Two people out in the desert. I'm, I imagine they're just trying to figure out what's going on. She didn't even acknowledge their existence. And then they left. But, um, you know, it, it's just, it was, it was eerie, but yet it was cool at the same time. And a lot of people will say clairsentience depends on the energy that was left behind. So a tragic, something that was tragic that happened in the past has a more residual energy, holds the energy in longer versus something positive. That's why you have had positive experiences. You've seen stuff that was positive. But uh, 
And I think one of those that you'd seen, and I don't remember, because you mumbled about it and I forgot to ask you about it. We were at Lake of the Ozarks at uh, the cave. I don't remember which cave we was at, but it was one where they was doing weddings. And you kept saying something about, that's a beautiful dress, or, you know, that you was mumbling stuff. At the time, I'm claustrophobic. I'm not doing Greek in this thing. I'm sucking it up to get you through the tour. But you rattled off a lot of stuff about dresses and and uh, ceremonies, and, and it was it was kind of cool to see a positive side of things. I think it was that occasionally they let me see the happy moments in their life. For some of those that were in the, the cave, it was their wedding day. And you'd be amazed how when I walked in there, I see this cave that's wet and damp and dirty. And here's this lady in a beautiful white dress <laughs> ready for her wedding day. And it's something you really don't think you would see. So this cave we went to has a history of weddings started all the way back in the native american days and that's where they would get married and she said they had what was called a it was some sort some sort of a stalactite that grew out of the ground but they could hit it with a mallet and it would make the sound for miles away just to be a ceremonial cue that somebody got married but you know this is a good point to point out that Claire Ascensions isn't talking to dead people. It isn't communicating with the, with the dead. It's the energy of that area speaking to you. It has nothing to do with the people. You just That's a byproduct of what happened at that place. You don't have to have a person that died there to have a vision there. Yeah. It's just whatever energy is left over, you, you kind of walk through it and collect it as you go through. And... Uh, we so get that some, straight. It, I'm I'm not the medium. Not psychic. I'm not a psychic. <laughs> I can't tell you your future. Uh, no, I just. She's not going to tell you who your relative was or how they died or none of that. Right. It's it's the area. It's the ground. It's the building. It's the. It is not to do with people. That's just a byproduct of what happened. Um, I think one of the other ones that I found really cool, we went to the Jefferson City Penitentiary in Jeff City, Missouri. They do a lot of ghost tours. You've seen it on TV on all the, all the major ghost stories, ghost hunters, ghost whatever. Everybody's got their own spin on this place of what's happened there. And it was, it was a fun tour. I don't know how much you remember of that. I remember you would call out the tour guide asking questions and they was completely clueless of what you're talking about. Um, one of the instances I'm walking and there's a cross outside and it's got a name on it, Mike. So I'm thinking. I remember you asked me, <laughs> is that a dude? And I said, no. Yeah. I said, well, who died over there? You said nobody. Because <laughs> I'm apparently not a clairsentient for animals. <laughs> It turns out it was a burial for a cat named Mike. So I remember I was scared taking you on this tour because you was overwhelmed just standing outside. It was, you just was completely just enamored with the building. 
So we get inside, and the guy's talking, and you have got a death grip on my arm, and you're chicken-headed. I mean, you are looking in every direction at every different thing. You're con- you didn't let your guard down. You were just constantly just heads spinning everywhere. And the guy, we're doing the tour, and we come walking through the main gate, and you go in, and to the right is the basketball courts. And he's talking about, this is our basketball courts. This is where we let the inmates exercise. And while he... While he's talking, you said, what else did you do here? And he was completely clu- he was completely clueless, didn't have a, he, you know. He used to work there. He was, a, he was a prison guard from the 80s in there up until now. Now he does tours. But he said, we've never done nothing. This is our courtyard. This is where they play basketball. And you said, no, they did something else. They was doing something. I see him. You they, didn't say this to him, but you whispered in my ear. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, they're doing something else. I see him but I can't see what they're doing. And uh, you could see part of it, but you couldn't see everything because there were so many people you couldn't see what was going on. And uh, I remember I bought a book at Barnes & Noble on the Jefferson City Penitentiary, and it is called Missouri State Penitentiary, and it's actually a photo album, an explanation of the penitentiary of when it was in operation. And you flipped it open, and you get a picture, and you come screaming into the other room at home. Yes, I was so excited because... You now know what they was doing. For one, it's a picture that's in black and white, so it's exactly the way I saw it. So I could actually say, look, I actually saw this this way. And it was the guards roller skating in the basketball court. I was over the moon it's like this is finally some validation one of how i see stuff two that this actually did happen and it happened and i forget the year that was on the picture and it wasn't that they skated there regularly they only did it on special occasions and that's why the guard knew nothing of it it wasn't a a regular activity it was like a special at the time the guards would be there they would allow these people to do this for a special occasion for everything going so well. Um, one of the other things that stood out, uh, death row. Down there, I mean, you was, uh, you was snapping pictures and talking. And we've got the pictures somewhere, but there is a face in one of the pictures. It, it's very faint, but you see a face with two eyes. And you said, I don't like that cell. And... Uh, I don't remember the name of it or the number. It was like 007 or I don't remember. It was something weird. But then the guard went in and said he was the most notorious inmate. And I instantly answered him with Cloudy. Yeah, you said Cloudy. And uh, which that's another. That's how it's pronounced. But that's one thing that you do. You don't see everything 100%, you said Cloudy, and then it turns out his name was Claude McGee, and uh, he is the only person to ever have killed or been been executed for killing inmates. He killed several, several people along with fellow inmates, and they finally executed him, and uh, they said that, you know, they talked about all the different things that happened down there, but when we finally got out of there, you, you relaxed a little bit, but then what happened? 
they took us down to the execution chamber. <laughs> yes, the the gas chamber, and you got a really good picture of me. <laughs> so we wait until everybody gets done. One, we don't like interference. We don't like uh, the, the mind's very receptive to sub, uh, to subliminal messaging. We don't like any of that. We wait until we have it all by ourselves. And I let her go in, and I have a picture. And she has got the most horrified look on her face. And all she kept saying was, they're staring at me. Look at them. Look at everybody staring at me. Let me explain. I was sitting in the gas chamber in the chair that the inmates sat in when they got gassed. So the chair, the back of your chair faces the witnesses. They don't see your face. But... Up on the wall, there is a mirror mounted, like in a doctor's office. Big round mirror, and that's what she's staring at in the picture that I snapped. And that's what she was freaking out about. And then, uh, I don't remember if you heard anything in there. I, I didn't hear anything. I just... She could see people. I saw, I felt the eyes, and then when I looked in the mirror, that was pretty much why I was feeling eyes drilling me in the back of the head because they were all staring at me. It was a group of the people. They were in black and white and all of them facing me in that mirror, just staring at me and giving me that pretty much what you would expect somebody's face to look like when they want you to die. And that's all I felt there. It's when I walked out that I got the validation that I did see Claude, though. You pointed him out on the picture when we was leaving. They have a, a wall of every inmate executed. In that gas chamber. Pointed him out immediately, and that's how we put a face with the, the death row downstairs, the cell, the photos that you have, everything kind of all come together there. Yeah. And... Uh, I know that, that one wiped you out pretty good because you slept the whole way home. You didn't even, you were completely gone. Yes, it's it's draining when I get pulled in. It'll drain me. I mean, I can be gung-ho, ready to go, so excited. I'm getting to go to, like, the penitentiary. I've always wanted to go there. And... Once I open myself up to that energy, it just sucks all my energy out, and I feel like a deflated balloon. So probably the most uh, drained I'd ever seen you was Deadwood when we visited Deadwood. I mean, we couldn't even make a walk up and down the, the historic street because it just you were tired after half a block down and a half a block back. You was ready to sleep. There were so many knife fights and gun fights. <laughs> I heard, I don't know what they call those girls back in the day, the hookers. You see them running around in their little bloomers and their corsets. Uh, you see the upper class in their gowns and looking all prim and proper. I just, there was so much to take in. So I remember, strong buggy. Yep. I remember you saying buggies. <laughs> yeah. 
So I remember one of the things we'd done when we was in uh, Deadwood was you wanted to go to the cemetery. And you wanted to go see Wild Bill's Hickok grave. Now, in the past, you've went to, you, and one of the reasons was because of what happened when you went to see Pat Garrett's death site. And you wanted to go to see Wild Bill's burial site. Um, you did get overwhelmed where he was shot at. You didn't really see a whole lot, but you felt, I remember you were talking about pain. Yes. But we go to the grave, and you didn't feel nothing. I mean, there was zero. He was not there. I mean, it was just, there was, there was no no connection, no nothing. There might be a body in that grave, but his spirit was not there. So, I mean, it was just, there was no energy at that place. And then Calamity Jane, of course, is buried right next to him, and there wasn't even anything there. Yeah, I didn't feel nothing there. Any of the well-known celebrity section that it had marked on our map didn't give me anything. Now, we do a lot of cemetery strolling so to speak and you'll just get different feelings you know whatever the case is chest pains neck pains headaches just a little bit of everything it, it, it gets to where you can and depending on how long a certain person has been gone as to how much energy is there but nothing in the cemetery spoke to you except one grave at the very top oh i was so mad at him and you said i gotta i, I said you ready to go and you said no i can't leave I go, why? You said, we got to go up this hill. And I said, why? Franklin was yelling at me. Nobody will come see me. Nobody comes up here to visit. My name is Franklin. You'd think you'd want to come up here. And I just, fine, we'll come up there. And the whole time we're walking up there, I'm yelling at him. Nobody wants to come up here because it's way up here. We're out of breath. It was a, it was a <laughs> heck of a walk. It was a hike. <laughs> So, the, the way you would walk up to this grave, the tombstone was tilted to where you couldn't see the name on it. So, we get to the top, and sure enough, the headstone was on, the name was Franklin. Look down at the plaque on the ground, and the name was Harris Franklin. So, we get back to our hotel after a long walk. She's exhausted, and the name of the hotel was the Silverado, is what the name of it was. She's going in to go to, or, you know, going into the building. She's exhausted. We go up the elevator. We get to our room, and each room has its own plaque, its own name. There was the Teddy Roosevelt room, the Babe Ruth room, the Wild Bill Hickok room. Wherever these famous people had stayed, they'd named the room after them. Our room was the Harris Franklin room, which I thought when I seen that name on that door plaque and then thought about that headstone, I'm like, wow, that's uh, pretty interesting. So while she's laying down, I start looking. I'm like, okay, why is this the Harris Franklin room? Well, the room, the hotel had been changed, the name, to the Silverado. But it used to be the Franklin Hotel. Okay, so I start looking. Harris Franklin is who paid to build that hotel. Was frequented, stayed there all the time. Because he didn't like, he was a very hands-on owner. So he would stay at the hotel to make sure the staff was doing their job. Rooms were being cleaned. Guests were being treated right. And it was just so funny that we were staying in the Harris Franklin room. We just visited Harris Franklin's grave. And then we hear the, the girls talking. And if you look this up, there's actually quite a bit of stuff on the internet. It took me a while to find. 
the staff believes Harris Franklin still resides in that hotel to make sure they are doing a good job. And it's just really cool to put all that together. And that for you is, to point it out. Yeah, that's where I got my real... I've always thought I had this, but I never really put a name to it until we started checking to see if there was a name for what I had. And that's where you found out I'm a Claire Ascension. And Deadwood was where, like, all right, yeah, I'm a Claire Ascension. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we've done a lot of it. In a lot of places, you do the same thing. Oh, this validates this. Oh, this validates but a lot of times we look back and we're like, okay, there's so much information on the internet. There's so much we've heard about. Tombstone was one, and you and you couldn't. You're thinking to yourself, is it just because I'm influenced because of all the stories I've heard? But this one was just out of the blue. And I guess this is a good point to a good spot, real quick, before we wrap it up. Is kind of explained your theory on how you became a Claire Ascension. I'm not positive if it was when I was a baby, but that is kind of what I'm going to go with. I think when my dad and his couple of buddies in an apartment decided to play with a Ouija board, open something up. If it isn't that, then maybe it was my grandparents that were full-blooded Blackfoot Indians, and maybe that got handed down. I'm not sure, but those are my theories. Those two right there. Your your family seems to think it was the Ouija board because you were speaking Latin before you could ever talk. Yeah, I was in a crib sleeping when they opened up that Ouija board to just kind of mess around with it. They, the it came about where the eyes started spinning and it wasn't on the board. Nobody was touching it. And then they heard me speaking Latin in the other room from my crib. They couldn't get the Ouija board out fast enough. And by the time they did get it out, that's when I went completely limp. Because my mom had was holding me. I went completely limp and just fell back. So it's a little bit about what, what we see and how we see it, how we feel it. We don't uh, don't expect everybody to be a believer. But I'll tell you what, if you have any places you want us to come look at, we'll be glad to come look. That's not a problem. And uh, so for now, I guess we'll let Misty kind of give you a little bit of information here. Or you want me to do it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So if you have a story or any questions you would like to share, please email us at twisted.reality. That's T-W-I-S-T-E-D dot R-E-A-L-I-T-Y 2021 at gmail.com. And we will be glad to answer any questions you have. We'll share some experiences. Just give us a little bit of information. Don't just give us a couple words. We can't, can't go from there. Um, but definitely, if you have any any property, any buildings, anything you want us to come check out, we can do that. That's not a problem. We do a lot of traveling. And uh, we'd be glad to try to answer any questions you have about the property you have. Until um, then, we appreciate it. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Yes, thank you so much.
Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.